Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Ariel coming to you live. I am starting something new and I believe is spirit-led, and that is to read from not only my first book but from my second book because each chapter has a significant meaning to me because I lived it, I went through it, and I saw how God's hand was in the various chapters. He had me write both of these books um, for not only the time when I wrote them and for people to read afterwards, but I also believe he had me write it for now, for people to see how God can be in your life, and also for the future when there will be some kind of notoriety that I would have and when people will start asking me questions or talking about things in my life, it's like, hello, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to go ahead and start off. This is called Be Made Whole, One Woman's Journey Towards Victory in Christ. Now, I wrote this back in 2005, 2006, and I'm going to read the foreword, and then I'm going to also read the first chapter as I, I'm going to read a chapter a day. The foreword, it begins with, long before he laid me down, earth's foundation, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Ephesians 1, 4, the Message Bible. Recently, during a time of grieving over the loss of a loved one, I began to question my worth. Do I even matter? I wondered. The following words that came to my mind, you've always tried to serve me. I knew God was speaking to me. I have, Lord, I thought. It was then that I was reminded of a time when, as a little girl, looking up at the ceiling, I had said a prayer that at the time scared me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God bless mommy, daddy. If I should die before I wake, whatever death was or is, I didn't want it to happen to me, I had thought. And who was this God for my prayers? Did he even exist? These and other questions swirled around in my inquisitive young mind. I thought of other children and other childhood experiences as well. Typical of military families, we moved from post to post, but whenever we would find ourselves, even without being asked to, I would rise up on Sunday mornings and go to church. In Daly's Crossroads, Virginia, a town not too far from where my dad was stationed, there was a church building on the corner near where we lived. Outside, it had beautiful stained glass windows. Inside, there was a man who spoke at the front of the congregation during meetings. He spoke with such force and power that I can still remember the theme of his message. He talked about Jesus. I like what he was saying. The whole experience left an indelible image on my impressionable young mind and birthed me a desire to know more about this man called Jesus. Already at a young age of 11, I would walk up the hill every week to make it to the Sunday school class. I was teacher's helper. It was also during this period that I joined the post-chapel choir 
I loved getting in the uniforms, which consisted of a white blouse and a black skirt. I loved going to church. As I recounted these episodes in my life, the thought, you always tried to serve me, came once again in my mind. It sort of seemed to emanate from deep within me. The thoughts now turned to what I heard about Jerry Lewis, a comedian and actor who had started a telethon to help raise funds for kids who had a disease called muscular dystrophy. He was asking everyone to help. I really wanted to help Jerry's kids. So that summer of 1967, I put together a muscular dystrophy carnival. I enlisted the aid of half the neighborhood children and charged the other half admission. I sent the money to Jerry Lewis in the hopes that it would someday help kids to walk. The Bible tells us that we love him because he first loved us and that he shaped us and formed us in our mother's womb. The Bible says that the Lord chose us before the foundation of the world. Welcome to my journey of discovery. My life, like many of ours, reflects a journey of unpredictability. We may start with a plan on how, when, and where we should go, but as we know, the best laid plans seldom go exactly as planned. We get distracted. We lose our luggage, our flight is delayed, but we don't always have our flight meals as promised. You get the picture. On this journey, I recount many of the things that have happened in my life and how the Lord of the universe has directed and on other occasions averted my flight in a way that is pleasing to him. Sometimes it was supernatural, other times it was very subtle, but in every situation God was there leading, guiding, and directing. When God steps in and rearranges things, you just stand in awe. It is with this understanding and revelation that I bring you my story. My desire is that in seeing what God has done in my life, you will encounter a rich, motivated, and encouraged trust of God in yours. Remember how Jesus delivered a man from many demon spirits and then told him once he was delivered to go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. I believe God spoke these rhema words into my life as he gave me the instructions to write this book. My main focus is to show how God can and has shown himself miraculously in my life. My prayer is that his love revealed through the trials and tests of my life will allow you to trust and rely on him, even though at times I didn't. I hope this journey will encourage you to open up your life more to God's yielding, yielding everything to him and letting him do a work in you so that you might be complete in him. So sit back, enjoy a cup of tea, and let me tell you how our Heavenly Father, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit stepped into the life of this little black girl from Georgia. He told her years ago that you always tried to serve me, and now he speaks to her to be made whole. First chapter, remember. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, Isaiah 49, 5. Like the flowers that grew in the front yard of our subdivision at Fort Leonard Woods, Missouri, our neighbors were different colors, shapes, and sizes. 
Unlike the flowers, however, we were all shades of brown. Some of us were beige and some pinkish brown. Others were medium or darker brown, but we were all some variation of brown. We didn't align ourselves with those of like skin tone or even recognize the difference in our own skin tones. We were all God's creation. I grew up with this gift. I was free. I saw no color and was not made aware that I was any different from my friends, schoolmates, and neighbors. No color, just friends. I enjoyed school immensely. I excelled in all my classes and was put in classes that would be a precursor to today's gifted classes. I was the oldest of four children and was born a leader. A lot happened during my junior year in high school, though. I became president of the Minority School Student Council. I directed a play, and I discovered sex. That year, and soon became pregnant with my son, Daryl, which means beloved. I married a few months later during my senior year, and my new husband enlisted in the Army and was transferred somewhere in Kansas. I continued my studies and graduated from high school, all at the tender age of 18. A few months after I graduated, my husband was released from service. When he came home, he withdrew from me, his friends, and the world. The violence within him erupted and spilled over unto me. I didn't know what sparked the attacks, but I did find out the reason almost 20 years later. A classmate of mine whom I befriended had some serious mental and emotional issues. I wasn't aware of the bizarre behavior because I tried to see good in everyone. In this case, it almost cost my life. She deliberately lied to my husband upon his arrival after being away for over a year and, unbeknownst to me, poisoned his mind against me by telling him that I had been unfaithful while he was away. With this burden of a cheating wife on his heart, when he came home, he had changed. It wasn't long before the verbal and physical fights increased to the point that our marriage ended. Returning home to live with my parents with an infant in tow, I had to get a job to support us. I worked very hard for the next few years. I even put myself through college while working two jobs. It was during this period that I met my second husband, Bill. We lived together for about a year, and then we decided it was time for us to marry. It was a difficult relationship from the start. Although I loved him, his ex-wife, jealous over our remarriage, gave us a present, his oldest son. This was after three days of marriage. I felt ambushed. It would be an understatement to say we started our relationship with a misunderstanding of what marriage should be. We both carried issues from our former marriages. Bill began to withdraw from me and the children, and the more he was distant, the more I pressed him to open up. I didn't know at the time he was suffering from depression. All I knew is that I was suffering. I became very confused and didn't know what to do. I became more and more withdrawn from him and then the children. It got so bad that all I wanted to do was lie on the couch and watch television. I wish I could say that this was a one-time occurrence, but it became my daily ritual. I felt so bad and felt so worthless and didn't care what I looked or smelled like. I pretty much stayed in clothes that I slept in. I didn't comb my hair. I didn't want to do anything. Say anything to anyone. I just wanted to sleep or lie on the couch. I also became frightened to go outside for any extended period of time. One day while watching TV, this show came on, and the host asked the viewers, do you have any of the following symptoms? 
fatigue, feeling of helplessness, crying at various times, lack of energy, to do the mundane routine things? Yes. I had them all. If you said yes to these systems, then you may have a form of depression, the announcer said. Depression? So that's what it's called? I then thought about what had happened a few days earlier when I was getting groceries. I had left a full basket of food in the aisle of the grocery store. I had this overwhelming sense of doom as if I was having a heart attack. The walls were coming in all around me, and I had to get out of there and get home where I'd be safe. Shortly thereafter, I was at home and felt as if I was having a heart attack. For the first few moments, I couldn't breathe and my chest was hurting. I didn't even see a doctor. He confirmed that I was suffering from depression. He said that I was having an anxiety attack. And then since your life has overwhelmed you of late, you need to go on a vacation. Sure, I said, like I have money, but I determined in my heart not to let the situation get to me. I told myself, do something like, even if you don't want to, take small steps. Whether it was forcing me to get up and walk the kids to school or just get off the couch, each day I ventured further and further from what I deemed that today ladies and gentlemen is the forward in the first chapter of the book Be Made Whole tomorrow I'll read the second chapter called Repair and possibly the third which is Rejected so stay tuned and if you have any questions comments please email me at Hollywood Lion that's all one word hollywoodlion at gmail.com. This is Ariel saying goodbye. Be blessed.